Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers. Welcome to Popcorn, where we tell you what's going on in the culture. And right now, I'm saying to you, you go on Hulu and you find A Handmaid's Tale and you watch it. Okay, well, you can do it now. <laughs> you can come back and join us later. Anyway, my guest Elizabeth Moss is uh, doing, she's always really good, but in this one, there's something incredibly spectacular going on in it. So, Elizabeth, welcome. Thank you. Look at you. Just, <laughs> did it feel good when you finished this, where you said, I think we got really close to what we wanted to do? Yeah, it felt good earlier on, um, after the first few episodes, when we started to see them. Uh, we, you know, Bruce and I and Warren, our Littlefield producer, mm -hmm. executive producer, started kind of saying, I think we might have done it. I think we might have done what we wanted to do. Uh, you know, and, and... It's always a good feeling. Yeah, it's better feeling than the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you had all that. Well, explain yeah. to those poor benighted souls that may not know <laughs> what Handmaid's Tale is yeah. and where it came from and who you're playing. Okay. Handmaid's Tale is based on a Margaret Atwood book, mm -hmm. um, one of our prolific authors, uh, written in 1985. And the short way of saying it <laughs> is it is a dystopian present really an alternate present about a totalitarian regime that takes over the american government and runs it as a theocracy and i don't know where anyone would come up with an idea like i know isn't that crazy <laughs> it really it's so far-fetched it really is it's tough to do something that has no relevance whatsoever <laughs> For today, yeah, yeah it's tough i have to really dig deep <laughs> um and the women in, uh, in our in that alternative present are Fertility is an all-time low, so all the women are rounded up, uh, taken away from their families, their children are taken away from them if they have them, and they're given to barren couples to basically breed for them. Mm -hmm. So it's a light comedy. <laughs> but the thing is, there are parts of this mm. that actually are really funny. Yeah. It's like a gal's humor. Totally. And the decision, as you as producer as well, yeah. may be in on this, but yeah. the idea of having that voiceover of your character uh, so that we are actually hearing what's <laughs> going on in your head yeah. while you're wearing that robe and being almost nun-like yeah, in yeah. this. I, I'm so humble and yeah. I would never question a man mm, about effing anything. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that was Bruce Miller, our showrunner, mm -hmm. uh, and who had the writing room, that, the voiceover. It was all him, and it was a, it's a way of the book is first-person narrative, and it is uh, so inside her head and so point of view, from her point of view, that it was the, his way of letting the audience into that and letting them have that experience. It was the way of adapting the book. Um, so that people, because because she's a character who can't speak mm -hmm. in this patriarchy, who can't speak her true feelings, can only say little sort of phrases and has to be really nice all the time. It was a way of letting us in, and that dark sense of humor is pure Margaret Atwood. I mean, that's that's in the book. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's this gallows humor, and she herself is bitingly funny, Margaret Atwood, which I said to her once, and she was very surprised to hear it. I'm not funny and yes. I'm not biting I I was like, funny. Yeah, I was like, you're hilarious. Yes. And she was like confused. <laughs> <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> when were you shooting this? Was this before the election? When was this all taking place? Uh, it was September of 2016 mm -hmm. to um, February of 2017. So I signed on in April of 2016 and started 
with the producing part of it, and then we started shooting in September. So the election happened about um, episode five we were shooting. So what were you all saying to each other you know? on this set? <laughs> we were in Canada. Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were in Canada. Yeah, we were in Toronto. Could have said anything. I know, yeah. I know. No, it was funny because it just felt everybody was very... Was it funny? Funny in a Margaret Atwood way. Mm-hmm. It was very um, like as if it was a funeral. You got there the next morning. I worked the day after the election, and everybody was sort of like, "Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Can I get you some tea?" Yeah. Um, also, what happened <laughs> in your country? <laughs> and we were all like, "I don't know. We don't, don't know. So sorry, but we might be staying here." Um, yeah, it was a really strange atmosphere the next day. It really was. But what we're feeling when we're watching it is the this assault, basically, on a woman's rights. Yeah. In every kind of way. Possible way, Saying, yeah. don't make any noise. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do anything yeah. that uh, might upset the patriarchy mm. in any way, and mm. we'll decide. Mm-hmm. There are, I don't want to do spoilers, even though that book has been around sure. for several years, but... There's a, a scene, uh, especially when you basically have to have sex with the guy you're working for, mm. whose wife, whose actual wife, sits there mm-hmm. in the bed. It's called a ceremony, yeah. 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 And it's, I don't know, metaphorically mm. <laughs> and in every other way, it's, it seems to be saying, look, this is her way of sharing the barren wife. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it just demeans everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just... I mean, we, we treated it as a sexual assault, you know, mm-hmm. which it really is, because it's, it's, she's being... She's, uh, you know, he's having sex with her against her will. So um, that's how we treated it. And with that sort of uh, idea also of it being very clinical and very technical, and it's not supposed to be any love or sensuality whatsoever mm-hmm. in it. It is a breathing process. And, and, you know, it was something that was always a bit t- tough to shoot, you know? Oh, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I know two of the actors who are playing. <laughs> they're the nicest people on earth. Joe Fiennes, who plays this guy. Yeah. And, and Dowd, who, who is basically just running around with a whip saying, yes, yes. you people, you can't act this way. Yeah. You can't really do this. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how on a set when you're acting you say, you know, you're just horrible. You people, what? And then they're just these nice people. I think that we, honestly, we really tried to sort of make them as layered as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe, as you just said, is mm-hmm. one of the nicest gentlemen, mm-hmm. you know, and he's has a family and he's very respectful of women and he's very intelligent and and we tried to make sure that the villains quote unquote mm-hmm. in the show were layered and and had their own story and and maybe even in a certain light or a different world had reasons for what they did you know and what they were doing and just i think you know as Bruce, our showrunner, says, a show is only as good as its villains. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's very true. And so with Joe and Yvonne, who plays Serena, and Ann Dowd, who plays Aunt Lydia, it was very important to all of us to make sure that they were real people, you know, that they weren't one note. And I think that kind of gives this depth to the show that I, is really important to us. And it, it's right to cast in, I think, an attractive actor, not somebody yeah. that's just looked like you're being a molested, yeah. abused by a monster, mm-hmm. you know? There's Absolutely. a civilization layer to yeah. it to do that. And that, 
part of that was also showing that everything looks great on the outside, <laughs> you know, which my character talks about at some point. You have this beautiful New England landscape, you have beautiful homes, and you have this attractive couple mm -hmm. that should have it all and look sort of perfect on the outside and are just absolutely miserable <laughs> inside that house. <laughs> so, so you wanted to bring this bleak message to us all yes. for Yes, you're welcome. You were, it's okay. <laughs> we just think it's even worse than we yes, think it is now. exactly. When we finish seeing this, yes. we go, no, stop it. Yeah, what yeah. can we do, Elizabeth? What can the world do about the society we live in where rights are taken away? I mean, listen, I am, you know, I'm not a politician. I only have my personal feelings. But mm -hmm. I did ask Margaret Atwood that exact question mm -hmm. one day when we were doing an interview. Um, I said, what can we do? And she said, you know, keep an eye on the Constitution. Obviously, when that flies out the window, which happens in the book, mm -hmm. there's very little recourse. There's very little going back from that. Um, and then she also talked about being active uh, on, a, on a local level, you know, being involved in your Congress and making calls and, and not just waiting every four years for an election, but being involved on a, on a quote-unquote smaller scale, which yeah. is actually really important. Um, that was the advice that she gave me. I mean, I think that there are so many people who believe in human rights, and it's just about being vocal about it. So you're on a roll. <laughs> this is, can you believe? I was looking at something, and it said that you began with Mad Men. That's 10 years ago yeah. that you started that and show. And that wasn't the beginning. I was on West Wing before oh, that. Oh, no, I know it wasn't your career, but yeah. it, that show, that the idea that that show was 10 years ago. I know. I think it was like more shocking. than 10 years, honestly, when I started it. I think it was a little more than 10 yeah, years. Because I was 23 when we made the pilot, and I'm 34 now. So now it's a couple of years over. So what? Yeah. Do you still think of it? Do you see these people? Do you say? Occasionally. Everyone's occasionally. sort of really busy. And I live in New York. Most people live in L.A. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, honestly, I, I get bored really easily. So I am much more interested in moving on to new things, you know, and trying new things. Mm -hmm. I have such a, that occupied such a huge part of my life. That it is that show will always be a part of me, and that mm -hmm. character is just a part of me. It was nine years of I my know. life, you know, twenty-three to thirty-two. It's also very formative years. So she'll always be a part of me, and I'll always be sort of really grateful for her. And at the same time, I I don't like to live in the. I like to move on and do new things and try new things. Otherwise. I'm just repeating myself. Oh, well, you've got to. You have no choice, really. Yeah. They're not going to go back to Mad Men, just in case you were missing think so. it. No, they're going <laughs> to say no. I don't know. Allison Janney was here uh, a couple of days ago. Oh, cool. And she ba I was asking her about that, and they keep saying, she says people are always saying, is the West Wing coming back? Yeah. What would have happened to you, presidential daughter, you know, in the interim if that happened? Gosh, I don't know. I like to think that she would have become a journalist or something, you know, not actually work in the White House or in the government, but mm -hmm. but become somebody that was involved in maybe politics, but but as a as a reporter or a journalist or something. Yeah, you know well, what I mean. I do. Yeah. yeah, because you want to think of her active. Yeah, in, uh, and she in was so world. intelligent, far smarter than me. It's very strange because <laughs> <laughs> that always helps. I don't yeah. believe yeah. you. I only work with writers that are much smarter than me, so, so I look really smart. And yeah. Sure, I have the answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all here for I'm me so to do this. Yeah. But you, you're not literally a child star. Was the, 
What was yeah. the first thing you did? Because she's a teenager in West Wing. Yeah, right? she's, 17 yeah. to 23 17 I did West Wing. Yeah, I, I mean, I did commercials and then I did a... When did you begin to corrupt your life <sighs> uh, with acting? So early. Was it so, really? Yeah. So young. <laughs> so, so young and so na- naive. Really? Did your parents scream and say no? No, you, you know, my parents this. are musicians, so everybody was like an artist in the family, and it wasn't unusual to go into something artistic for us. But I think I did a, a mini series on TV called Lucky Chances with mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock, and she played my mother. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had to find her dead in I've got to find that. Yeah. Oh, he finds her dead in yeah. the pool. Yeah, I was like six or seven years old. It really, it yes. really, yeah, it really <laughs> yes. established the tone of the rest of my career, career. though, I feel. Very Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. I find her dead in the pool. Yeah. Here's me, a young, impressionable yeah. Yeah. girl just coming up in the it, world. I really liked the dark material, I guess, even from a young age. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you know, you're a teenager, you're in the West Wing, you do Mad Men, mm. you worked brilliantly with Jane Campion mm. on top of the lake, you know, Thank and you. back to that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's kind Second of interesting. So do out. you feel from this vast experience <laughs> in your young career, what do you feel pressure as a woman? Do you find it tougher uh, to do what you want to do? Because hmm. you're doing a lot of things. Thank you know, you. you're working in the TV, you're doing uh, movies, Alex Ross Perry, I mean, you yeah. know, listen up, Philip, and yeah, yeah. Queen, the queen of her, I mean, Thank you. I've never <laughs> seen anyone as mentally unstable. I know, I know. <laughs> as that character. That was fun. fun. That yeah, was really fun. Um, you know, I don't know if I feel a pressure. I feel, I feel grateful that I've sort of had the opportunities. I also feel like I came up in a time when the industry was realizing that women make money, that women make money at the box office, that they make people watch TV, that if you put, woman, if you put a woman in a film to lead a film, it will make money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you put five women in a film, it will make money. And same thing with television. And I came up in this time when women were like, you know, there was incredible female roles happening on TV. And I was just kind of happened to be around at the right time. Um, but I do think that, you know, it's always, always important to kind of keep pushing that, keep making sure that our industry understands that that is something that we can do, that we can put women not only in front of the camera, but behind the camera mm-hmm. and give them those opportunities as well. Because, you know, for me, I love working with men. I, look, I, I love working with women, but the statistics on it are shocking. They're, they really are. Yeah. And you have that here. Yeah. And We've working been really with lucky. Jane four, Campion. Yeah, four out of our five directors on Handmaid's Tale were, were women. Then we had to hire a token male. You know, obviously we don't want to be sexist. Our, our token male was wonderful. Oh. Mike Barker, he directed two of uh, some of my favorite episodes, four and five, mm-hmm. and he was incredible. But anyways, you know, and then Reed, obviously, you know, and, so, and Jane Campion. So for me, it's something that's really important. All right, you know, we end this show always in song. Oh, that's right. You did. So I don't know why you prepared for me today. I forgot. Oh, no, I just don't accept that. But I really a, did, though. A person who is having... Um, a good life now must have a song in her heart. I didn't think of one. Head. Well, just there used to be something. What? Which one for you? I don't know. I think when you think of The Handmaid's Tale, when Alfred is thinking of um, in her head, yeah, is she singing something? Oh, I don't know if she's singing a lot. Well, no, but oh, she's... you know what? Actually, a beautiful moment from the show 
that is not a song that I sing, but a song that Madeline Brewer, who plays Janine, sings mm-hmm. to her baby before she has to, the baby that she's give birthed, baby, yes. mm-hmm. give the baby away, which breaks my heart to mm-hmm. even say. And she sings a wonderful song that I, I, I'm not going to be able to sing more than one line, but it's <laughs> I a, need two lines. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I think it's, um, baby, don't worry about a thing, because every little thing is going to be all right. And it breaks your heart when she sings it in the show. She's singing it to her baby. Because it's not going to be all right. Because it's not going to be all right. But that faith and hope and humanity is is one of the driving forces of the show, you know. Well, we'll be singing that in our heads. And hoping that everything's going to be all right. Let's all do it. Yeah, I like (laughs) it. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you so much. Always great to talk to you. Always a pleasure. (laughs)